All right, so this morning we're going to be taking communion, and one of the things we want to do this morning um, as we take communion, and I do want to say this before I start, um, if it seems a little bit, whoa, that's, that's almost risque. Um, let's aim that fan another way. I didn't have my shirt tucked for a second. We almost had a moment. Um, together we almost bonded in a way that y'all were not ready for. Um, so uh, normally we do communion as part of our worship, and usually we have our worship at the beginning of our service. Um, but today what we wanted to do, that was, I'm sorry, that really distracted me. When I saw my shirt up, when I saw the corners poking straight out, I, was, I got a little bit nervous there. Um, it's going to take me a minute to recover from that one. I don't get embarrassed. I just feel bad for Maggie and Kevin over here at this point in their marriage having to see that. Um, but um, I often tell people, nothing appreciates the husband you have like getting to know me. Um, so um, one thing we normally do is have, uh, we always have uh, communion as part of our worship session, um, and normally we do that at the beginning of the service, um, but today we want to take a little bit of a walk through scripture and make sure that we really, really understand um, the great depth of, of meaning and what Jesus was starting when he gave this gift of communion um, to his disciples. So today we're actually going to do some talking through that and then take communion as part of worship that we're going to have as a, as, a, as, a, as a longer set like we normally do at the end of our service to really be able to enter into a time of worship really in response to the truth of what Jesus was doing and really, and, and really be able to think not just in remembrance of him but also in expectation of him and anticipation of him um, as, as, we, as we walk through the scripture today. So um, I'm going to be in Matthew predominantly. Um, I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 26 um, this morning, there'll be some other verses that we'll walk through um, as we do this. But, but, but before we jump in, um, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him really just to, um, really just to bless this time um, and, and allow our hearts and our minds to be open just to really receive uh, the truth of who he is and what he calls us to. Lord, thank you so much, God, just for the blessing of, of gathering. Uh, Lord, whether we are here in this room, whether someone is watching virtually at, at, a, at a location near or far from here, um, God, we are blessed to be able to really, Lord, just be a church family together. Uh, Lord, so even as we think about the family of Christ that we're a part of, um, God, we in our hearts lift everyone up. But Lord, specifically this morning, um, God, we lift up Robin as she's just celebrated a birthday, but still going through a difficult season with her cancer treatments, with chemotherapy. Uh, Lord, we just we ask for blessings and healing for her as she's coming to another um, an, another stage concluding and, and looking forward to what's, um, what's coming after. God, we ask that you just give her information and clarity and, and Lord, continue your work in her life. And um, God, for um, Hugh and Sandra who are down and, and with their daughter um, as their son-in-law is, is, is having a difficult time in the hospital uh, with COVID, Lord, we just ask um, for you to, to, within his body, Lord, bring a healing that only you can bring. Uh, Lord, we ask for peace and guidance while they are there as a family gathered. Um, Lord, that you would encourage them and give them grace in the waiting. Um, Lord, and for every request that's behind every heart that we have on our hearts, even as we walked in this morning, um, Lord, maybe, maybe many we haven't shared with someone yet. Uh, God, help us to just, um, Lord, open our hearts to you to hear from you, but God, also to open our lives to, to be encouraged and, and to share with other believers, Lord, that, that love you, love us. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. So before I jump into Matthew chapter 26, I um, want to kind of give a little bit of context because as, as we read about communion, as, as Jesus gave it to his disciples, he did it at a very specific time. And I know, it, you know it, 
so many times we've heard it called the Last Supper, so we kind of maybe think that Jesus, maybe he, maybe he held it off you know, right to the end. He didn't want him to forget about it or anything like that. And, and honestly, um, I, I think for, for his followers, that it, we, we find out at the end of his life, before he goes to be crucified, it, it's absolutely so chaotic. I, I, I almost think that, that if his purpose was just to hold something off to the end, that almost doesn't seem very logical. Because it got so chaotic so quick that it seems like it would almost be overlooked and forgotten. Um, but what we really see is, is that the timing that Jesus gave this in um, is, is so specific and, and, and such an awesome insight into um, God and how he not just created this, this whole time structure that we live in, but he operates in it in a perfect way. In other words, um, even, even when God, because it seems like in so many ways that we think, gosh, you know, it, you know really for thousands of years, it, it, it was a waiting of thousands of years before Jesus came to this earth to be able to offer a, a free grace path to salvation through him into a relationship with God. I think we, we sometimes, even in our own lives, in, in much shorter seasons, over even a few years or a few months or even weeks or days, we, we feel like, God, it's, it's taking so much time for me to hear from you on this or for me to see an end or a conclusion or, or, or meaning come from whatever it is that's going on. And, and within time, we tend to get very frustrated, but, but God works in very perfect ways. Um, now, that's always easiest to see Right as we look back, um, as we read about the Last Supper, it's easy to see all the parts, all the intricacies, because we're looking back. We're not experiencing it in the moment. And 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 I, if you're like me, it does seem very frustrating that the rearview mirror is oftentimes much clearer than the big windshield that's in front of you. Right? Um, I, I would like to get as much clarity looking forward as I can as I can get oftentimes looking back. Well, if if we look back for a minute. Um, it, because the Last Supper was given during this season called Passover. Now, Passover is something that the, the nation of Israel had celebrated for centuries. It was the celebration not just of their freedom coming out of slavery out of the, out of, out of the nation of Egypt. It wasn't just about their freedom. It, it, was, it was a particular salvation in that process that they looked back and celebrated. Um, if you remember the story of Moses going in, with this simple um, question, this simple call to the Pharaoh to just let God's people go, <clears throat> to release them and allow them to go live in community with each other, but under the blessings of God and under the freedom to worship Him. And they were the labor force. Um, they, they outnumbered the Egyptian people, but they were the labor force. And, and so to lose your labor force, you have to do everything yourself. So, so even just economically, the Pharaoh was, was absolutely against setting the Israelites free. So God brought ten plagues, and, and they're absolutely worth studying because those, those ten plagues basically unravel God's creation when you study those out. The, the ending of the ten plagues, the one that finally broke, broke the Pharaoh's heart to the point that he would release the people was, was this angel of death that was communicated that it was coming through the land of Egypt. And when the, when the angel of death, when it was told that the angel of death was going to come through, a warning was given, an opportunity for rescue was given to the people of Israel. And they were told if, if they would sacrifice an animal and, and that animal was worthy of sacrifice, they were supposed to take the blood and they were supposed to put it over their doorposts 
of their house, of their barns, of everywhere. And, and there was even a specific meal that they were called to prepare as part of this celebration after they were freed. And, and, and when the angel of death came through, wherever that, that blood of that innocent lamb, of that sacrifice, wherever it was over the doorpost, the angel of death would pass over that house. In fact, I, I want to read you this, this particular verse, Exodus 12, um, 13. It says, the blood on the houses where you are staying will be a distinguishing mark for you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will be among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So right away, the, the morning after this dark night was an extreme difference for the, for the people of Israel, the children of God, compared to the Egyptians. Um, the Egyptians woke to find young ones that went to sleep the night before no longer breathing. And it was a horrific scene. I, I don't even know that we could put into our mind just the, the horrifying scene that this would have looked like, this would have sounded like. Because out of absolute death came unexpected rescue. Because as these plagues ticked off, the children of Israel were, were experiencing and witnessing this. And, and then at the end, when, when really there was nothing that, that was deserved for them to escape this, this horrific moment, they found rescue in it. And of course, again, what's our rearview mirror look like? We can look back and we can go, yes, that, 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 that sounds like the message of grace that we hear in Jesus Christ. That, that out of what should be death, we receive the hope of new life. Unexpected, undeserved, all of that. And for hundreds of years, they celebrated being passed over. Um, the, the grace of not, not having your life required as punishment so that you could live in relationship with the Lord. This was a celebration. Jesus, as, as, as no surprise to us as we look back in the perfect time of God, when did he give his life as a full and complete sacrifice? During Passover. So that the blood that, that he shed was not over a doorpost, but it was the blood that we, we receive in grace that washes our sins so that when God sees the sacrifice of Jesus overlaid over us, we then go, yes, not because I expected it, not because I deserved it, but it's the grace that you passed over me and gave me life, Lord. Well, Jesus walks his disciples into this meal, and, and Passover was a celebration out of um, past rescue, but also culturally it had become an anticipation of what God was still yet to do in the future. And, and they're, they're living in the moment where God is revealing, I, I'm about to do a new work. Passover is, is, is current, but it's getting ready to become old because what is new is now going to be the, the, the call of worship on your life. I want to read a few of these verses in Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to start in verse 17. It says, On, on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Go into the city to a certain man, he said, and tell him, the teacher says, my time is near. I am celebrating the Passover at your place with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, he was reclining at the table with the twelve. Now, I'm not going to read the, the, the following scene, but just to kind of set the table, I guess I could say, um, Jesus sends his disciples out 
the, the meal of Passover is prepared, and he's sitting there, he's reclining, and, and this, this is, is not even quite a moment of rest, because in this moment, he's looking around the table, and he sees one, Judas, that he already knows has turned his heart to rebellion and, and, his, and has agreed for 30 pieces of silver to, to turn Jesus over, to identify him in a crowd so that he would be arrested. And whether that was to force Jesus' hand to, to show himself and the power he had or, or just a, a cold heart of disbelief, we don't fully know, but we know that that's the decision that Judas, Judas made. And, and at this moment, before he gives before he gives this, this gift of grace of this meal, he, he identifies Judas. Judas realizes that it's him he's talking about, and he even gives Judas leave. He says, look, you know, go. If whatever your heart's um, condemned towards, go. And, and, it's, and it's, this, it's, this, it's this hard picture to look at because you, you see um, 12 people at this table, 12 souls, and, and one soul has already basically turned his heart from Christ, 11 still hanging, hanging there in the balance, Wanting believe, learning how to believe, and trust Jesus. And we see in this moment that, that as, as communion was given, it was given to those not who were unworthy, but who really truly belonged to Christ. And, and that's an important thing for us to remember when, when we come to the, to the point of being able to take communion. Communion isn't meant to, to draw a circle around certain religious people and leave anyone out. But it is a, a celebration, a remembrance, a moment for those who are in relationship with Jesus and salvation. It, it is for the people that belong to him. Because th there's a phrase that we're going to be talking about in a few minutes talk that, that just uses the word remember that, that really calls our hearts to, okay, if, if, if it's a relationship that I can't Recall, if I, if I don't have memories of you, Jesus, and, and really what you've done in my life, then, then this is something that, that's really in this moment not for me. And I, I, I've told people, and I've said this in sermons and, and, and moments in church, I don't say this to, um, to appear um, kind of standoffish or to, or to create separation, but, but I, would, I, would, I always encourage people, if, if, they really have a, um, if they really have confidence that they don't have a relationship with God through Jesus, then, then actually a great act of respect and honor is to abstain from communion. Just, just wait through and not partake of, of that particular part of worship. It's not an offense. It's, it's, it's not offensive to Christians. It's, it's not offensive to anyone in the room or, or around you. It, it's actually a moment where we say, you know what, if, if this is something that, that Jesus has done for those that belong to him, the, the, the greatest issue at hand is, is, is resolving that issue of do I belong to him? This is something that, that will wait on that. It's not something that has to happen at any given moment. Jesus didn't put a schedule on it. He didn't say this has to happen every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock for, for you to kind of be in order of what I want done. It's something that can wait on the relationship. I want to continue down after this um, in verse uh, 26, and it says, as, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat it, this is my body. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. 
Now, the first thing I want to talk about, and, and there's a phrase that's not mentioned in Matthew. It's actually mentioned in, in Luke 22 and also in 1 Corinthians 11, um, where Jesus basically just says this, says this statement. In fact, you've probably seen it if you've gone to a church that has a traditional communion table. You've seen it, um, you, you've seen it etched into the front of that table, and it says, This do in remembrance of me. The first thing I want to talk to you about this morning is, is really just that point. We, we are given the grace of communion to remember Jesus. Now, I could, I could have stood at the door this morning, either door as you came in, and I could have, I could have done this with the, with the young kids that walked in this building. And I could have said, hang on a second, um, just real quick before you come in, do you remember Jesus? All of us would have said what? Yes, of course we do. We, we remember him. It, it, it's why we're here, because who else would we have got up and, and got halfway cleaned and argued in the car for this morning if not for Jesus? Right? Like, why else would we have almost fallen apart as a, in a family over a 10-minute drive or a 40-minute drive to get to one place and, and just to force our kids to go into kids' church or into middle school or, 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 to, or to find a seat beside people who look like they may be relatively nice? Like, why would we have done it if not for Jesus? Well, that's not exactly the remembering that we're going for. Um, our lives are so incredibly busy. And, and, and I think sometimes um, busyness can be a good thing. I think to have an active life where there's a lot going on, there's, a, there's an element of fullness there. But I mean, this past week, um, has there not been a few things you've, we've probably forgotten? Like, is there any, anything that you can just think of right off the bat? Like, yeah, you know, I forgot to do this or I haven't gotten this done because I just ran out of time. Um, the, at the end of every week, I always have these panic moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, the list of what didn't get done this week, and, and, and what do you do with that list? Do you somehow try to figure out how to get it done, and then sacrifice family time or whatever else that you need, or do you just kind of call a time out for a couple of days and try to regain your sanity? Um, for some of you, you may be sitting here right now going, yep, I forgot to pick up my kids from school this week. Hey, no judgment, no judgment, that stuff happens, right? You know, especially if you got quiet kids. I mean, that's, I mean I, uh, please don't forget your kids on a regular basis. People will not judge you well for that. Um, it, it may be you forgot where you put your keys this week. Um, the busyness of life, uh, when, when we're on the phone and we're trying to answer questions, we're trying to do a million things, things that we just sit down somewhere and where they don't go to a certain place, we spend a pretty large time scrambling to figure out where those are, or at least I do. We're so busy. Jesus gave us this to make sure, I believe, that we will stop and remember. Because it, it, we always say the relationship that we have with Jesus, it's not about religious rituals. It's about the relationship. But it, it, it seems kind of eye-opening to go, Jesus, you gave us something that really looks like a ritual and said, stop, pause, do this, and remember some me. I believe there's a call on our lives from Jesus to just stop ourselves and think about him. You may say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know that it really deeply makes sense to us on a level that we, we stop and we, we really become so aware about how absorbed we get in the, in the stuff of our own life that, that the Jesus that died to give us life is, is in some ways forgotten. Like he doesn't run through our mind in ways where, he, where just the memory of him stops us when, when we're getting ready to walk past someone 
to, to, to share the message of the gospel with them. It, 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 the memory of Jesus doesn't stop me before I lose my temper and say something with a harsh tone to my kids or to someone else. Remembering Jesus doesn't just, just, just make me pause to realize that regardless of how good a moment or a season in life may be here on earth, it pales in comparison to what eternity will be like. The, 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 the memory and the realization that, that the gospel says, and, and I'll read this out of, um, out of 2 Corinthians 5.21, that, that he made, that's God, he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In Romans 5.8 it says that God proves his love for us in this way that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Sometimes I think we, we, we're, we're fooled into this idea that, that, that Jesus died so that we wouldn't have to. And, and, the, and the real truth is, is, that, is that Jesus died because we couldn't. Sin is so prevalent in our lives that that death would have to happen over and over and over. and It would be an eternal dying. But because Jesus, in, in, in perfect righteousness, stood there in our place and represented us, he had no sin. So, so in one death, God's wrath could have been set, was satisfied. Just realizing that, that someone who did not, did not deserve took on. Just to give me the opportunity to know him, to worship him, to spend eternity with him. To remember that moment, to remember everything that I've experienced in that relationship from that moment on. The times of peace, the times of comfort when it, when it shouldn't have been there. Um, to, to the, the times that I could just humble myself and go to the Lord in prayer and just ask and just plead and just need and, and, and just cry out and, and question and, and all that stuff to just remember that that was possible because he was there and he was there because he died and resurrected. To just remember, and, and I mean, maybe I'm the most unspiritual one in the room, but I know that, that in an ordinary routine of life, I don't just stop on a Tuesday afternoon and go, whoa, we got to do some remembering right now. Just got to lock it down and just got to really focus. If I follow my patterns of life, I'll get busy enough to not intentionally have that moment and have that experience. So first we see that we, just, we, we have a sacrifice to remember. Another thing that, that's in here is this. I want to read verse uh, 28 again out of Matthew chapter 26. It says, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Um, the, the communion reminds us that we have a message to tell. I mean, think about it. At this point, Judas has left the room. Jesus has released him to, to go do what his heart was already condemned to do. He, he released Judas. There's 11 people in that room beside Jesus. The, the word many in the Greek is where we get our word metropolis. Now, a metropolis, I don't know if you've ever watched Superman, um, but a metropolis is slightly bigger than Brown Summit. I know that's shocking. Because you've been down and you've seen the train that passes through. And I know you're like, well, how could it get any bigger than this? Yeah, it's, it's, it's much bigger than, than what we just immediately are kind of around right now. It, this, this, this heart of what Jesus is saying, he said, look, what I'm doing here is not just for inside this room. 
what, what you're to remember and what you're to be mindful of is, is, is really the mission of your life. And, and communion, if you draw a tight circle around it, what is, what is the message of communion? That Jesus sacrificed his life for the forgiveness of sins so that we could be in relationship to him. That is a basic gospel message. Um, no matter how much good advice we can give people, no matter how much we can encourage them to kind of improve self and work on them and do all that stuff, there is no greater message that we can share than just the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know when we look at someone, there, there's, there's, there's awkwardness, there's awkward times. We look at someone and we see the issues of their life and we think like, you know, well, let me just kind of encourage them to, to, to take some time or, or to get away and get some rest. And, and, and those are good insights. Those are things that can do useful things for our mind and our sanity and our bodies. That I, I'm, I'm not denying that, but nothing, can we agree on that? Nothing changes anything like Jesus Right? I mean, and, and if we believe that, we don't just remember it. We, we take it and we go, okay, what's happening here is not just when we take this communion and, and we take this in us, this is a reminder that, that just this one moment was never meant to stay just with me. It was supposed to be the message that just explodes out of me into the lives and to the people that are around me all the time. That the heart of communion, the remembering of it, would be what puts it on my mind that it would then transfer to my mouth and, it, and that it would flood into my conversation. The next thing we see here um, out of this, and, and to me, this is, this is one of the sneaky ones when it comes to communion. Verse 29 said this, But I tell you, I will not drink from, this, from the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Love this verse. Because Jesus basically is showing them this the past rescue uh, the passover that you celebrate when the death angel did not sweep across because you went out and made a sacrifice and you, and you were obedient and you put the the blood of that innocent lamb over your door i, I was the, the the angel of death was satisfied to pass over the house you know now he said all right that was current for centuries and now that's really in the past what now is current because of what jesus did is that it wasn't a temporary sacrifice that allowed you to survive a dark night, that it's now a new sacrifice that gives you eternity, that every day when you wake up, you won't have to go back and paint that blood new, that it's painted on your soul forever when you receive salvation in Jesus Christ. That, that, that you don't have to wait anymore and wonder as the hours tick by, is he going to be there because he's in you and he's in me. We get to focus on that and, and let it sustain us. And, and, and notice, I, I love how Jesus says this. He says that I won't drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until. You ever had somebody kind of foot tap you because they're waiting on you? Right, my, um, my, my dad's a foot tapper. Uh, not too long ago as we were um, seeing them and um, getting ready to go eat a meal with them, M my dad's, he's hardcore on the time that, like, it's got to be at that time. Like, we said that time, and he'll remind you all through the day that it's got to be that time. Like, he, he's on time and, and early, and, and, and you got to be there, and it's, it's like, we got to be at that door. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to smile like that in your life. 
we all kind of need that a little bit, I think, just to kind of keep us on time. Because my family's the one that's like, really, 5.30? So we can be there at 5.50. That's cool. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, that's us sometimes. Somebody, you know, that, that kind of has that mind to say, we've got to be on time. We, we're, we're anticipating this next event. We've got to be there. I want you to hear this morning that as Jesus said this, Jesus is anticipating not just the relationship that you experience with him now, but he is anticipating some face-to-face time with you. For you to arrive on time at a gathering, at a meal, that we won't be taking grape juice and bread and remembering what has been, but it will be new again. Right? At, at, at the moment in eternity when we're eating this meal with Jesus, communion will not be current anymore. Because it will be a new meal. We'll be face to face with him. And, and Jesus' anticipation of that is so great that he says, listen, for, un, un, from this moment, from that supper, until he sits down with you in eternity, he says, I'm not going to start early. I'm going to wait on you. To be there. Man, there's people that we miss. There's people we look forward to seeing. And there's some people, when when you kind of catch a glimpse that they want to see you, you know what it kind of does inside your soul when somebody you think well of really shows that they want to see you, they want to be around you? You ever kind of notice what that does kind of to your emotions, the encouragement that kind of comes in your heart and your soul in that moment? And and you you just feel good from that? And I hope that sinks into your soul right now, that that Jesus says, I'll wait on you. I mean, if anybody has the right to have a celebration meal, it's Jesus after what he did for us. And and when he returned to heaven for for the worship band to restart up in his presence and to sit down and just have a celebration meal, if anybody deserves that, it's Jesus, right? Like like he's done all the work for us. But he says, no, I'm going to wait on you. I'm not going to start early. It starts when you get here. And that's, that's the mindfulness of Jesus. Here's the certainty of it. He, he says that this, there's a literal um, phrasing of this that, that is the certain. He says, until that day, Jesus in his mind wasn't going you know, we might get together again. You, ever, you know, you, we, we do that with people. When, when you gather with another family or another couple or someone you know, a good friend, and you have a meal together or you see each other for a few days, everybody's kind of at that moment of leaving, and it's hugs and kisses and a little bit of tears. And it's like, hey, you know, w- let's do this again. Let, let's get together another time. But the planning always has to come later. And, and there are certain moments in our lives, and, and maybe you've heard this story that someone has told, or maybe you've even said it, um, I always thought that I'd be able to get together with that person again. I never knew that, 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 that this tragic event was going to happen. I didn't know that that was the last time that I was going to see him. Because we don't know those things. We don't know when the end of someone's days is. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know, in fact, can we get together with that friend, that family again? Will we see that person? We don't really know that. But Jesus says with certainty of a perfect mind, because he is God, he says, listen, the day is already set. We don't have that same calendar, right? We don't have the calendar that God has. We don't know the time, the day, the hour. But Jesus says, you you don't even need to know it. You just need to know it's on the calendar. It is set. It will happen. 
It is as certain as Jesus was standing here. He said, there will be that day. And if that day is that certain, then we know that, yes, the gospel is true as well. In the planning mind of God, that meal is already set. We don't know when it will be, but he knows that he knows whether or not you'll be there. He knows the place that you'll sit at. And Jesus knows that he's waiting on it. Jesus is anticipating your presence. The last thing I want to mention is this. Um, and I'm going to step out of Matthew just for a minute on this one because this is 1 Corinthians 11. Um, it, it, it's, not just, it's not just a sacrifice to remember. It's not just a, a, a reminder that we have a message to really share with other people. Um, and, and it's not even just this promise that we have that, that there'll even be a new meal coming beyond this, that, there'll be, um, that there's an anticipation that Jesus has for us. Um, that we, we also see as, as Paul helps us understand what it means to live with Jesus in us. And that's, that's a lot of what communion reminds us of, that, that a relationship with God is, is this consumption. It's, it's Jesus in us, not just Jesus in our, in our memories. It's, it's really living a life with his, with his presence in us, in the Holy Spirit. Um, Paul addresses some issues that were going on at communion in 1 Corinthians 11. And he says this as he begins. He says, let a person examine himself in this way. Let him eat the bread and drink the cup, or drink from this cup. Now, when it says here, um, examine himself, that examination is, is a series of questions for discovery. It's a series of questions for discovery. And, and when, you, when you read on, there's several different issues that were going on with communion um, that, that I'll talk about in, in, in a minute. But I believe the first question that we really must ask ourselves is, is do I have a relationship with Jesus? When we see the scene at the original table, when one that has turned their heart has, has, has left to go, to go do that business, um, and, and, and there's a remaining group, that remaining group represents the 11 that, that were faithfully committed to Christ, that, that were 11 of the apostles in the early church. They, they belong to him. That salvation seems to be certain among that group of people. Is, is our relationship, and, and that's an individual question, is my relationship and your relationship, is it certain in Christ? And when I say certain, I don't mean are you confident in everything that you do. I don't mean um, are, are, you, are, you, are you not struggling with anything on this planet. I'm saying, does the relationship itself, the, the, the life of it, is it sure and are you confident of it? And many of us walk through life and, and in our own relationship with the Lord, we have a lot of questions. You know, where do we stand with him? Is he pleased with what I'm doing? Is he disappointed in me? Is he punishing me over this or this or this? Or, 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 or what is that? Kind of push all that back for a second. Push all that back for a second and, and just simply respond to this, to this questioning. Do you believe that Jesus Christ sacrificed his perfect life for sin? And do you believe in the resurrection that he, he through the power of God, being God, came back to life? To give us hope. Do you believe in Jesus? And, and I'm not asking you for this as, a, as, a, as an out loud confession. I mean you, you can say it out loud. Or you can just say it in your heart. If you believe in Jesus. And, and is, he, is he Lord of your life. In your mind and your will and your heart. Do you acknowledge that yes there's no other way to God but through him. And that by grace and by faith I'm saved. Not because I did good stuff. Or I did too much bad stuff I'm kept out. By, by belief and confidence and trust in him, I have a relationship and, and I've acknowledged him as Lord of my life. 
that, that he is really the one that should be in control moment by moment. Now, for all of us in this room, we have failed in some sense of lordship. We all have. We've, we've wanted a little bit of that control back. But, but there is grace in the moments of, 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 of my failure when I know that I still have the relationship with God through Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus? Is he Lord of your life? If you can answer yes to those two questions, they're, they're, you, you believe and, and you trust in his lordship, then the Bible says that that's, that's the beginning of a relationship with God through Jesus. It does say that we are to go to him in prayer over that, to communicate that to God. That's a confession because salvation is a covenant. If you notice, it mentions covenant in here, and, and, and that's a whole other set of sermons that I could preach just on covenant and, and salvation. But, but, but that's what that is referring to. Is there a relationship that you have with the Lord? And if there is, then, then that opens that first door to welcome us into a time to observe communion, to take communion. The second question that I would suggest that we would all ask, myself included, is, is there anything in my life I know that is not pleasing to God? So Paul, um, Paul addressed a few things. He, he told the people here, he said, look, he said, for some of you, um, you you've, you've taken communion, what he says is unworthy. In other words, he said, you, you've willingly kept sin in. When you know that it was sin, he said, you've willingly kept sin in, you've been satisfied with it, you, you've held on to it, instead of really going to God for forgiveness and help with that, he said, you've kept it in. And he even said, he said, that's, that's, that's probably the reason why some of you are having some of the issues even physically that you're having. And he even says that there's some that have, there's some that have died. And, and I'm not here to tell you that, that God is just waiting to rain punishment down. But, but communion brings us to this, this humble moment of saying, okay, Jesus, if I'm really remembering you, then, then that should call me to be obedient to you. And if I remember your sacrifice, who am I to hold on to the grudges and the sins and the attitudes and all this? Who am I to hold on and, and willfully continue to do that stuff when, when your grace is so loving and so forgiving and so free? Who am I to hold on to that selfishly and just pretend outwardly that I'm okay with you. Because in, in all this, what's the most important thing? That someone else sees me take communion? No, that in, that, that in my soul, I'm right with the Lord. Like commun We could literally take all this, box it up, and just take it out of the room. And that would be worth it if just one person drew one step closer to the Lord, right? I mean, wouldn't we agree on that? Our souls are the most important thing. So that's what it's calling us to do, to, 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 to look at ourselves and say, is there anything that I'm trying to convince myself that, that I'm okay with or, or, or I'm, I'm fine where I'm at? Are we telling ourselves that, that, it, that it's not me, it's, it's this other person? Um, or, or are we trying to convince ourselves that we have everything under control? There were even people, get this, and this, is, this cracks me up because this is what proves that there were, that, that there were, there were really um, good, solid, um, and, and Okay, I've grown up as a Baptist, okay? I'm just going to confess that right now, all right? If, that, if, that's, if that's something that, you know, kind of is the elephant in the room, I've grown up as a Baptist. And, and Baptists are great for sure at eating, okay? Have you ever noticed that? If you've ever been in a Baptist church, and it's like, there used to be this thing called a covered dish. You ever been to one of those? And man, it was like, it's a great experience. There's fried chicken endlessly. Deviled eggs flow. I mean, it's just, it's a great thing. And, and it was always a manipulating thing to who was going to be the first in line, right? People would volunteer to set up tables for that just to get their plate early, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of a thing. And, 
there were people in their gatherings that were really just coming in hungry. And, and Paul called it out. He's like, look, he said, if you're just hungry, like, get a snack on the way to church, right? I mean, like, like just go out to eat after it. You, you, just eating food to eat food, just drinking wine to drink wine. He said, that has its time. This is not it. And, I, and I'm not saying, trust me, I don't think, you're, I don't think anybody in this room is thinking, I'm going to get filled off this, <laughs> right? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not thinking that. But, but, but it's just another reminder to say, hey, listen, like, this is not ordinary. It's not a common moment. It's not something for us just to kind of roll through. This is something for us as, as, as people who belong to Jesus, who, who, who are really figuring out how do we live with God's Spirit in us, guiding us, leading us. And if he's prompting my mind towards something, um, if I'm not taking this seriously, even if I'm not really thinking about him, I shouldn't casually just put something in my body. I should come to him with reverence and worship and humility just realizing who he is. So here's what we're going to do. Um, and, and just right now, in fact, our, our praise team is going to be coming back in um, and coming back up on stage. Now, I, I, would, I would like to suggest a couple of things to you. Uh, one is, um, I, w- I just to let you know, I, I want to make sure things aren't kind of too weird or awkward because things get kind of weird and awkward in church sometimes. I just want to let you know a couple of little just logistic things. Can we cover that real quick? All right, so if you were not, if you did not have a chance or you did not know um, maybe what you, was kind of intended by it, if you didn't have a chance to get one of these um, cups when you came in, I just want to let you know, um, as this first song gets started, um, you can slip up to the front. There's a table here. Um, there's a table right over there um, to the back that have them on there too. There's a table right back over there as well. And we have some more in the front that if for some reason, if we need some more, We'll bring those, um, we will bring those in if you need to get one of those cups, okay? After we finish this, um, if, if you have noticed, there's some white buckets that are out in the congregation, um, and that's just where we drop. Um, we're gonna, you just feel free to drop that stuff in there um, as, as, you're, as you're leaving, okay? Um, so that's the logistics of it. I kind of want to get that stuff out of the way so we can really talk about what's really more important. Um, if you're here today, if you're here today, and, and you believe in Jesus, and you have not come to that moment where you said, okay, I am ready to really confess him as Lord. I'm ready to begin this relationship with him. During this first song, I want to invite you to come up front, and I want you to talk to me or to someone else that I can connect you with about what it means and how you can begin a relationship and have the confidence that you have begun a relationship with Jesus. It, it's, not, it's not me that begins it for you. It's not someone else that you're in conversation that starts that for you. It, it is, it's, it's a moment where we can talk about what does Scripture say so that you can know you belong to Him. That, that's not worth doing so that we can, parta- can participate in communion. That's worth doing because it's eternal. That's our whole existence. That's, that's everything about what we need every day. That's where we're going in eternity. That's, that, that's, that, that's the relationship with God that, that our sin keeps us from. And God tells us how we can, how we can find a resolve to that in Christ. So first, I want to give you an opportunity to, to, to just respond to the call of the gospel. Secondly, I want us to take time to examine. Really think through, okay, Lord, as, as, as we remember you and, and, and as we consider the gospel, Lord, what could be within me that would dishonor you, that would not please you? And, and, and in our hearts, have a time of prayer to ourselves 
to lay that at his feet, to say, Lord, forgive me. And if you need to, to go to somebody and, and, and ask them to forgive you. And I, I know you're like, well, I, I don't know that I would feel comfortable doing that. It, communion is just a beautiful picture of what our relationships and our relational health with the Lord and others is, is, is meant to look like. And, and again, it, it, would, it would honor Christ more for that forgiveness to take place than for me to consume this cup. So take an opportunity to examine to take an opportunity to remember, to take an opportunity to respond. Uh, um, we, we're going to have an opportunity if you just have a need on your heart. If, 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 if one of the things that you feel like is, is heavy on your soul this morning is, is a circumstance of life, is something that's going on, and, and, and you want to pray with somebody, you're like, you know what, Lord, I want to remember Jesus, but I'm having a hard time remembering Jesus because of the heaviness of, of, a, of a particular situation, then I want to invite you to come up front so we can pray together and we can intercede on that need. And, and, and go to the Lord on it for, for the freedom to surrender that to him, to give that to him, to, to wait on him within that need. And finally, I want to invite you, as we take communion, to worship. Worship just simply means giving God, giving Jesus the glory, the attention that, that he already deserves. For the sacrifice that he's paid for our sin for the new life that we have in Christ because of his resurrection, for the date on the calendar that is so sure that he's waiting on to experience something like this with you. To just allow yourself the freedom to push so much of the junk of life away, to just step into a moment and experience the freedom of just and closing your eyes, whether you sing or not, and just thinking about Jesus. Just thinking about Him. Between a couple of these songs, Dale's going to pray. And he's going to um, lead us in that time where we're able to take this cup and, and the, the wafer that's on top as you peel the, the layers off. When he feels like God prompts him to do that, then we're going to be able to do that together. Would you mind standing back up to your feet at this time? If you're at home watching this, a special live stream, we want to invite you into this moment. No matter where you are, we know that it may be extra challenging for you to steal the room around you. But we want to invite you to please, please, the best you can, do that so that you could experience this moment the way that the Lord has intended it for you. As I pray, even while I pray, feel free to slip to one of those places um, and get one of these cups if you need one. Lord, thank you for these moments that we come to you and worship. Lord, help us to honor you in the way that we the way that we step forward, not from just the places that we are, but Lord, we step towards the call that you put on our life. Lord, I pray if there's someone that needs to begin a relationship with you, that in these moments they will um, that they will step forward. Lord, if there's someone that needs prayer, they need, they, they need someone to pray with them, Lord, just to have some of the burden lifted. God, whatever the need is in the moment, Lord, we pray. That, that, that you will work and you will lead and we will just simply obey and respond in faithfulness to you. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.